Hey everybody, welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am the board game guru and game master extraordinaire Jahananan. I am the sidekick, the co-host, the number two head honcho around here, the other half of Fresh Out the Box. Uh, I'm Casualty CDG, but you can call me Gary. I am a retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan and improv comedian. And I am the professional media and movie mastermind, self-proclaimed, that is, the funhouse, Drew Munhausen. And Gary, you're not a sidekick in my mind. You're you're the lead character oh, no. in, in your story. No, in, in I, I always liked the, the more colorful outfit that Robin gets to wear. And Batman has to do all the planning and all the hard work. And Robin gets the free tech and he gets to roll around in a cape. Okay, yeah, when I'll you be, put it that way. I'll be Batman. Uh, I'm yeah, willing to do the work for the prestige. And Batman's a little curmudgeon-y, and Robin gets mm. to have all the fun. Yeah, with fair, the fair. with the dead parents and the the horrible I mean, life. Yeah. Dead parents is par for the course in Gotham. Which Robin is part of the Teen Titans? Uh, uh, originally, Dick Grayson that becomes Nightwing uh, is the first leader, I think. And then eventually, uh, currently, Damian Wayne, I believe. Okay. Uh, okay. No, Tim Drake. Tim Tim Drake. Well, they've probably all been part of it at any point. They switch out, but right now the most recent Teen Titan stuff I've seen has had Damian Wayne. Man, most universes don't use Damian Wayne. He's like a he's, he's being, like a backdoor secondary character. He's being used more now. Uh, but yeah. Well, uh, we have made it through Thanksgiving, which it seems like. Just yesterday, we were recording the episode about Halloween and Thanksgiving and what we liked about Thanksgiving. And now Thanksgiving's already passed and Christmas is ahead. And it's just, it's all, or, or excuse me, or whatever the holiday um, is that you choose to celebrate, you know, because um, some of our listeners may not celebrate Christmas. So I just right, want to. The holiday season. Very considered. The holiday yeah. season. We are already kind of midway through that point, which is nuts in itself. But yeah, no, you, it's getting uh, the holiday season. Always is always a like a just a blast. It just happens so fast, for sure. Did each of you have a good Thanksgiving? Hopefully, relaxing. Yeah, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it it was enjoyable. I had I had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, Jenny had a lot of issues with her family. Her mom uh, was in the hospital for something minor, and then her sister went into labor. Uh, and now I'm an uncle, so that's cool. Uh, well, we're sorry to hear some of that, and not sorry to hear the other half. Congratulations! I'm yeah, that uncle. is a, that's definitely a lot. Yeah, that's yeah, a that whole cool. bag of news. There's a whole there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's fine. Everyone's happy. Everyone's healthy. Uh, and I am now an uncle, so that's uh, and we ate a lot of food. My brothers are in town. Uh, I ate so much, I was in absolute agony. Uh, <laughs> me and Gary played some Battlefield on Thanksgiving Day. That was fun. Yeah. So yeah, all in all, so Thanksgiving was a blast for me. That's what I was going to say about my Thanksgiving is we I played a lot of Battlefield. I played a lot of Halo. Uh, and I we, we had the intention, Annie and I, we were like going to go get Chinese food. But Chinese food's open on Christmas, not Thanksgiving. And we just jumped to conclusions and assumed it would be both. <laughs> so the Chinese food places were closed, and we ended up going to a local like Takaria and Michoacana meat market. And it's called Chepes, 
So we went in there. They were totally open. They make home everything fresh in the restaurant on grills. So like we didn't want fast food. So we had real good cooked food. We got uh we got tamales. We got stuffed jalapenos with shrimp and chicken. We got a uh, half a pound of beef fajita and like half a pound of beef maria. And then we went back home and then it had a two person feast that lasted us two days. So perfect, perfect Thanksgiving. Bread sounds amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. We totally, we totally winged it, and we got lucky that they uh, Chepes had some good options. Awesome. I spent uh, I spent the day with family. I had a sister that was here from out of town, and pretty much just kind of lounged around and watched football, and then had our Thanksgiving meal, and um, it was just a nice day with family. Then went home and uh, that night and put put the daughter to bed, and then my wife and I just. Uh, posted up and watched, had a movie night Thanksgiving, and it was nice. It was relaxing. Did you watch anything good? Yeah, I will I will talk about it. Oh, you're going to talk watched, about them. We watched okay. King Richard uh, on Thanksgiving Day, which was nice. But, um, so, so well, I'm glad you, you both had good good Thanksgivings. It's kind of fun hearing how uh, Jahan's I would describe as, you know, with the highs and lows, maybe action-packed. Mm-hmm. And Gary seemed like there was a bit of improvisation, which it which turned out to be positive. <laughs> you and don't mine was kind of the the traditional lazy day of family. So I uh, I appreciate the diversity in our Thanksgivings as well. But um, you know, we've been pretty transparent about our recording timeline on here. You know, we record every other week, but we do back to back episodes. And I, there's a, a bit of me, a bit of stress that comes with that, just in the sense of, I always get scared that we're going to record. And then right after we record something big will happen. And then we're not going to really be able to talk about it on the podcast for two weeks. And, uh, and lo and behold, the last time we recorded, I believe it was that following Monday, or Tuesday, uh, that it was the 20th anniversary of Halo. And so Microsoft decided to drop the bomb and release Halo's multiplayer Mm. early that day. (laughs) Which, when you're podcasting on our schedule, great, thank you, because we've talked about (laughs) Halo multiple (laughs) times on our show, and so it's been a while. Um, We had an episode that launched where we didn't mention (laughs) Halo at all after it had had uh released but now here we are um the halo infinite that's been microsoft's highly anticipated you know first person first party first person shooter um at least the multiplayer segment of it has been released yeah when does the rest come out december 8th is still when the single player campaign launches so in just over about a week and a half from when this episode of our podcast is airing um, and, and I mean, I know you guys have been talking a lot about Battlefield and Halo, and I think we all thought that it was going to be Battlefield that came out first, and then, you know, you'd get some Battlefield time in, and then Halo would launch in December, but we both, we got both, I think, in the same week, pretty much, which was not the uh, the original plan. Well, me, I know... me and Gary have a theory about that. We're pretty sure they did it deliberately, the shit on Battlefield's release. Which I get, but the thing that surprises me there is that Microsoft and EA seem to have a pretty good relationship because sure. they did make all the EA Play stuff a part of Game Pass Ultimate. So eventually, Battlefield will come to Game Pass down the line, at least. I would assume in at least six months 
at the at the earliest. That's but, true. Like uh, every other battlefield is on there right now. Right. So I I'm with you. It seems like maybe they did it deliberately, but uh, you know, I guess they're just trying to please the fans. But but so let me take a step back. Did did y'all jump into Halo? within the first week there that it was released. <laughs> I, I, I want to make like one, I want to make an ear note before we get any further that this, this multiplayer release of Halo is a, is still a beta multiplayer. Um, it's not a full multiplayer release. It's, it is a playable beta for everyone and it's free, but it's not a full game. So when we give these impressions there, uh, I'm going to have a lot of complaints and then remind you that this is just a beta, but I, I have a lot of things to complain about here. Yes, Which, I played a shit ton of this on the day it came out. Yes. Which, uh, yes, I've seen that it's been called a beta too, but to me that maybe seems like they're just saying that because, uh, I mean, they're going to have fixes that come along. It, it almost just seems like the fact that they released it early ga gave them the excuse to call it a beta so they can fix up anything before there the single player comes out. There is only one map in the big team battle mode, and you can't turn off different game types in quick play. So it gives you weekly missions like go capture 10 flags, but you're randomizing what you're supposed to play. So you can't even... You know, and and the way you get experience in Halo is very slow, so you have to complete your dailies. Yeah. It basically, it gives you quests you can't complete because you can't control your your quick playlist. I so there are things saying. about it that are bad and beta e that feel like oversights. Yeah, presumably down the line they would have it where if you just want to sit and play Team Slayer, you can choose that playlist and you'll just play Team Slayer and you don't have to throw in games of Oddball or Capture exactly. the Flag or whatever. And, you know, you can't change that now, so you're stuck in random rotation mode. There are only, like, what, five or six maps? And then there's the one map for Big Team Battle. There, so I, th I think there's probably enough map rotation for the four-man. There like, is. Yeah, there is plenty map. of maps in the four-man. One uh, map of big team is not. That's, it, that feels like a beta. I well, have. Let's, let's walk it back for a second, okay. if you don't mind. No, good. John. No, 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 no. By all means. Before we get into the nitpicks and the the getting into that, let's just say, as far as the gameplay goes, the game itself, playing it match to match, regardless of the mode, the map. Do you like it? Do you enjoy how it feels? Do you think that it's a, you know, is it a competent version of Halo? Let, let's start let's start there. Short answer, yes. Uh I I don't have an issue with the controls. Controls are smooth. You can slide uh now. Uh weapon switching, all that stuff's pretty smooth. I've been playing mouse and keyboard, uh which I'm not used to for Halo. Um I've been playing on my PC. And I haven't had any issue. It it's satisfying gameplay. The kills seem decent, like fair. I'm not like I don't feel like I'm getting robbed. I don't feel like it's glitchy. Uh, they've definitely changed a lot of subtle things and small things from previous uh, entries into the series, but it still feels like Halo, and it's still very enjoyable combat. So I was having this conversation with myself earlier too, where I mean, do I? Do I like the gameplay is like um, Halo to me has always been you could always customize your guy since the first one. And then in the second one, you could customize the way your guy looks or you could make him an elite. And then the third one, you could change your armors and you could do a bunch of cool stuff. And it feels like now the first thing I did, of course, was go look at my options and I'm stuck to shaders and I have few choices. 
So <laughs> that's part of the game to me, and I feel like they fucked up that whole part of the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, the shooting, I guess, feels fine, but the shooting feels fine in Call of Duty, and it feels fine in Apex. Uh, good thing Halo added sliding and mantling because Apex has those, and it has the best movement of any shooter. Uh, you have to be able to slide. You have to be able to mantle. And then the grappling hook, slinging around stuff is always fun. We can thank Apex and Pathfinder for that also. Um, yeah, it's cool that they copied Apex's movement. I like that. They did a good job. Yeah, it seems like first-person shooters have kind of been copying each other. Whatever works in one, they all adapt, and then it just becomes the... It's what gamers expect. It's, it just becomes an expectation that I'm going to be able to sprint and slide. It's and a, a matter of controls... time before Master Chief can go prone. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember there was a time where Halo's controls were really weird compared to other first-person shooters. I can't remember which one it was. It might have even been as recent as 5 or 4 before that, where you had to hold down the bumper to pick up new guns and stuff like that. It was very... It was just all odd, and... They've they've everything seems just a bit more streamlined now. Uh, mostly between all shooters. Mostly. Uh, yeah. So the the one thing, the default control on the keyboard that blows my mind is that to change grenades is like N. So it's like like way, <laughs> it's like a long stretch. I'm like, holy crap. Uh, but I mean, you can always change those. It's whatever. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. I mean, and to go off what Gary said. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Yes. All the movement, everything feels good it seems like maybe some of the things that halo lagged behind in the past compared to other more modern games they've they've updated so i think everything does feel smooth i mean the game it still does have a slower pace a little bit compared to call of duty which has always been halo's thing there's a little bit more i mean there's strategy and stuff in call of duty so not to downplay that but i feel like when you're playing a team objective game in halo there's a lot more working together and things than in some of the other ones in my opinion <laughs> um, uh yeah no, halo i mean you definitely got to work together in halo uh you can be a billy badass but you can also get killed in seconds so i just feel like uh, i'm not good at halo like let me be clear I'm typically when i'm playing with in a squad with my friends i'm usually low end on the totem pole but when i play by myself i seem like i can handle myself well but just when i play with my friends they're they're all so much better than me it makes me feel really bad at the game but i'm even worse at call of duty and call of duty sometimes for me feels more like luck of the draw like i run out and i'll die and and it's sometimes it's my fault and sometimes i feel like there's nothing i could have done halo at least to me feels more like it's my fault each time I die that I probably could have done something. It does happen still where I feel like I get a bad spawn and maybe I move forward and then get hit in the back, but it doesn't happen often enough in, in, in Halo Infinite to, to make me. There was in some of the bigger maps, there was uh, quite a few times actually where I was complaining, like I just spawned and got shot in the face from next to me. I was thinking the exact like across the map is one thing that's you know spawn sniping, but like I spawned next to an enemy that murdered me like several times. Also been it happens right in the back of the head. It happens, but no. So I like what you were talking about earlier about how uh, FPSs copy each other, blah blah blah, and it's interesting because it's like. You know, it's like when there's a new invention, right? And, like, someone does something good, like they have a new plug or a new safety mechanism. Everyone else adopts it. It becomes industry standard. You know what I mean? And it's the same with video games. Like, once you have sliding mantling, you know, you want it in every game because it's good. Like, you know, I don't feel... 
I, I think it's good that Halo finally is up to uh, industry standards when it comes to these shooter yeah, mechanics, you know? We can trace these mechanics basically all the way back to GoldenEye, and Halo still felt like a relic, and it needed to come to 2021. Yeah. And it, it did. It came to it with movement. It feels like a modern FPS now, and like, because I never really liked Halo all that much. It was always a clunky piece of shit to me. <laughs> but <laughs> I actually don't. This is, this, I, I hate the vehicles in this one. I hate the vehicles in this halo i don't do a lot of it's, that so it's a game where the characters all region every character has a region shield but the vehicles take permanent damage so if somebody just shoots you with it shoots your truck with a pistol enough it will explode and if two snipers shoot your ghost at the same time it will explode and like it come on <laughs> like the master chief can get blasted by rockets after rockets go take cover and come back out but if the jeep gets shot by too many assault rifle rounds, it explodes. The Warthog was invincible in the first Halo. In Halo 2, you pretty much had to get hit by a rocket or run into some plasma barrels to take that thing out. Uh, now it feels like it's made out of cardboard. I, I hate it. I hate the vehicle so bad. Yeah, it's not necessarily the way they group. control. It's the, it's the fact that they are it's so weak. Yeah, I don't know if they need to double the amount of armor or double. Yeah, that's the just health. a balancing issue. I feel like that's something that'll get sorted. It is. It's it's bad right now. As a guy who is often behind the wheel in that game, those vehicles are really bad right now. No, I for sure echo that. Like, I do like to use the vehicles, but the ghost in particular, which is one of my go tos, I feel like I can't even make one circle around the the map without yeah. getting destroyed, especially with. Which we can we'll talk about this too the event stuff which is uh, you know fiesta so people have strong <laughs> weapons you, you just get destroyed immediately because people have rockets or, or whatever but yeah. Um, yeah and so okay so we talked about a little bit about the gameplay and then we had talked earlier about the the map selection and, and just kind of some of the beta beta e things about that. Uh, and 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 you're right, Gary. You know, because for example, right now I think on one of my challenges is to just play a game of Slayer, of Team Slayer. And the fact that I could go into quick play and go play, you know, four v four, Slayer might be the first game that I get, and I might get that challenge completed immediately. <laughs> yeah. Or I might have to play a game of oddball and a game of stronghold and a game of capture the flag. And then a game of oddball even... and then yeah. a game of You might have to play twelve games then, of oddball, yeah. It's... And then you have to go to bed because you're an adult who has a job. It's a bit of an issue. And then by the end of the week you don't get to play all ten games of CTF that you need. Yeah. So hopefully that is just an aspect of the of the them saying that it's a beta and they'll have you know, designated playlists for the modes that you want to play um, once the game fully releases on the 8th. Good, because right it. now the other solution is to join a match and quit and join a match and quit until people get what they need, and that creates a toxic community. Yeah. Right, and I am never one to quit a game, but I will say when matchmaking on my own, playing by myself and not with a squad, there have been so many times that I start a match and I have people on my team who are just inactive and just standing there or who keep dropping or who are just plain terrible. And I mean, I'm bad at the game. So if I'm saying that, I mean, I've had games where I'm playing by myself 
and I'm the best one on my team by a lot. And there's people who have just been doing terribly. And I've I've started off a match so badly and had guys on my team inactive that I quit a match. It's like, I have to get out of here. And I'm not one to do that. I'll usually just stick with it um, until the end and just play, you know, hopefully get a better draw next time. So that's that's worth pointing out. I, I, there's, there's the armory on the main menu that only shows some human guns. It doesn't show covenant weapons. It doesn't show brute weapons, uh, which I think is either an oversight or you just can't get skins for those weapons in the game yet or now or whatever. I think that's bad. I think that's dumb. Same thing with vehicles. You can only see the human vehicles. You can't look at the 3D models of anything else which is either poor design or they're going to add it later. Maybe they're going to make the Covenant playable in multiplayer. That's what I would assume. And once once you play as Covenant, they'll have all the Covenant weapons and vehicles added to the armory also. Maybe they'll add the Brute stuff with that, or maybe they'll let us get our Brute stuff separately. Uh, The the fact that the, the leveling... Can we talk about how horrible the leveling is in the EXP? It takes forever, and yeah. the And the prizes for when you even do level because Halo to me it, it, it they're using the same format that every other shooter is using right now they're using the season pass thing everybody loves it um, but I am uh, like I don't love it yeah I, I also hate it Jahan I'm like level fucking 8 or 10 now and I've unlocked like different colored visors and like a clip from my helmet so did like, both I, of you buy the season pass hell no Hell oh, no. so you still get the unlockables without the season pass? You Some. get much, you get many, many Some. less. So the, the common many way to do it nowadays, right, is they have the battle pass, you level up in it, and they'll show the free stuff, but then they're like, but if you had battle pass, you would be getting this, this, oh, and this. Oh, I see. And so, I didn't even realize that. Oh. I bought the battle pass before I even played my first online game, so I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I'm cramming hours into this game. I haven't unlocked any shaders. I haven't unlocked any new skins for my weapons. I haven't unlocked any new vehicle skins. I haven't unlocked new armor. I haven't unlocked little tiny pieces to put on my armor since now they have a visor and an arm piece and a shoulder piece and a knee piece and a hand piece. So they broke it down to all these nitpicky little sections and they're holding the prizes like they're sweet, sweet gold. Yeah. And making you farm your ass off for beans unless you pay money for their season pass. Which I think is total shit because of where Halos come from. Yeah. Uh, I think it's I think it's predatory and I think they know what they're doing and we all I have the same armor as every other person who is starting to play the game right now today. Because yeah. you don't unlock new armor. I think it yeah, it's definitely don't. Definitely predatory. See, I, I think it's fine in games like Pokemon Unite, free games, you know, uh, well, pay for the battle. Really it's fine. Game. It's technically, a, it's kind of a free game. I pay a monthly fee already. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, now, what I was going to compare it to is games like Apex, where no. you get loot crates and you, ne- you don't know what you're going to get. It's just random shit, but you still unlock skins for your guns. You still unlock skins for your character. They might suck. And you can cash them, you know, you, either you're stuck with them or you can cash them in for, like, one-tenth the cost. Yeah. But at least you get shit. And I feel like in Halo, I'm not getting anything, and so it's, I'm kind of losing interest already. <laughs> yeah, you don't I'm really... I, I feel nothing. the same. Uh, yeah. In Are you Gate, able to participate in the event 
that's going on if you're not a season pass holder. Yes, you can participate in the event, which I have a whole different set of problems with that event. I, I have some <laughs> issues with it, too. Um, uh, uh, no, I, I understand what y'all are saying about yeah. the unlocks. I think I've been a little bit more forgiving myself because um, I feel like I do have the season pass. So I've unlocked yeah. I, and it still feels like I'm unlocking things really slow. So that's saying something. But I do still have enough things now of just some different helmets and add-ons and shoulders and whatever yeah, that it, are interesting enough. But I want, you know... I mean, yeah, you're, you're both right. And they've already done some things to address it. You know, now you do get guaranteed points every time you play a match. But it's still such a small amount. So little. Compared to something like Call of Duty that's contingent on how well you do in the match, you get more or less points. Whereas with Halo, it doesn't matter. You could do awesome, but if you don't complete any of those arbitrary challenges, you still only get 50 points of XP. Which is a little bit frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um and especially if you're in a team-based objective game and somebody on your team is <laughs> going out of their way to try to complete to, a challenge. Trying to punch people in the back or trying to get kills with a certain... Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Gun. It is kind of... It kind of sucks. Uh, so I for sure have caught myself doing it where I have clear shot on a guy that I could kill, but I don't because I want to try to punch them in the back because of a challenge, and then they end mm. up... Either their teammate sees me and kills me or they turn around and catch me before I can do it and that stinks don't forget like, I could have helped that. my team <laughs> don't forget that most games that have daily challenges and weekly challenges have a free reroll once a day and Halo decided to make there's a payable item or a winnable item if you have season pass mm. uh, the reroll to reroll a daily challenge uh, a, a I think it's the reroll a weekly week. that and it's only one. It's not all of your challenges. You can reroll one. That is fucking busted. Uh, I will the, say. The I do whole agree. thing is fucking busted. I, I do. And so I have these yeah. problems where you say you enjoy the gameplay, and I'm like, I, I almost no, because these <laughs> shooters have come so far that all of these things have to be considered when I'm playing the game, because I could just go play another game where I can slide and mantle. It's not like Halo's doing something new. They just fucking caught up their their menus and their your their unlocking stuff is so fucking bad and yeah. this event the way the event works is it's like a week and then it goes away and then it comes back in december and then it goes away and then it comes back in january but during yeah, the it's week it's very strange that is weird if you don't get so if you don't if you can't play this week right if you were out of town and it's Thanksgiving have... week, so there's a lot of people <laughs> that probably can't play this week. If I didn't you get just to play had this a week. baby, if you have real life and you didn't get to play this week, well, then you didn't get to level up this week, so you're not going to get to play until next time it comes up, and then you're probably not going to be able to hit max level with the awards, but you wouldn't have See? been able to hit max level anyways because Drew has been putting in time, and he's just like level 5 or 6 in the event. And it Level goes 5 to in like... the event, I think level 10 overall. And I think the event goes to level 50. Like, <laughs> like, do you have time to play 10 nope, times no. as much Halo spread out once a week through the next three months? No. And, and here's what the, the thing fuck too, is that? Here's the thing, too, that I don't know if you are even aware of this with the event. So the way it works is when you... For anybody that hasn't played the new Halo, for, to put context to what we're saying... When you go on and play multiplayer, you just have a random list of four challenges yeah. that you can achieve. And if you do, you get a significant amount of XP towards your overall level. 
Um, but they're very random. Sometimes it's kill an enemy with a, a certain weapon, but sometimes it's kill an enemy with a certain weapon five times, or it might be punch an enemy in the back, or so, some of them are very random. Capturing flags, yeah. Yeah, for the event... So, so this... I love the one that's capturing flags, because that means if your teammate captures the flag, you might as well quit out of the fucking game and go join a new one, because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, again, there goes teammate right out the window. Or you're gonna have a whiny teammate if you're playing in a squad who goes, "No, let me get the flag because I need it for a challenge." And then they might not be as good as you, and you're trying to protect them with the flag when you could have just done it yourself. Yeah, you, know? you drop it, you both die. You know, you miss the point because of the fucking challenge. So for the event that's currently going on, that has its own set of unlocks and a cool new unlockable armor. The way it works is your weekly challenges, there are certain ones that you'll get that have a mark next to it, an orange marker that designate, designates if you complete that challenge, you will level up in the event. So you don't have an XP meter for the event, you just have to do an event challenge and you automatically gain an event level. That makes sense. Yeah. And the thing is, I gained five levels in the event, so I was able to unlock the cool new armor, which is really all I wanted, right? You can unlock additional mods for that armor as you continue leveling up, but I don't care. I got the overall new armor. That's the coolest thing, which luckily they didn't put that at level 30 of the event. They put it at level five, so it's pretty achievable, so I yeah. salute them for that. The problem is I did, you know, my five levels, right? And currently my weekly challenges now, none of them are an event challenge. So there's no reason for me to play the event right now. I have to play regular quick play and win a Slayer mode or win some quick play modes to get new weekly challenges that hopefully one of those will be an event challenge so that I can advance the event. Because right now, that's dumb. it's impossible for me it's to advance dumb. in the event because none of my challenges are event-based. So it's just because the challenges are randomized, you can't even guarantee... Like, you would think that they would have, okay, here's your normal four weekly challenges, and then here's two of the, the event challenges that you always have that cycle out to just be event challenges. But your event challenges filter in with your regular weekly challenges, which this is probably really confusing to anybody that hasn't played Halo Infinite yet. Um, so you can't even guarantee <laughs> you'll have an event challenge at any point. Basically, time. that's ridiculous. <laughs> you're, you're just drawing cards at random and hoping you get the right one. Right. But, uh, but, but, but you're not just drawing cards. Every card you have to complete a challenge. Don't no, you don't have to. You could go use real cash money to reroll. Yeah. A, oh my god. No, it's such a, so to. it's like it's like they so this that you're describing right now coupled with the thing you said about how the event happens and then it's gone and then it comes back. That sounds like they found like they hired a psychologist. To just like get people to ruin it, to, to ruin it. yeah. To like yeah. be like, all right, we can mess with people's, like we can really this, get them with this because this, this will make them obsess and the worst battle oh. pass, the worst unlock progression. Uh, this might be the worst seasonal thing that has come out in a long time. But as we and said so, before, and I don't it like the is vehicles. technically not released fully yet. Yeah, but it is a beta, right? So well, that's the reason I made sure to open with this. I, I hate it. I fucking... <laughs> I don't yeah. like it. Okay. And the more I talk about it, the more I get everything out, the more I fucking hate it. I love Halo, and I'm a Halo fanboy for life, and I love the repulsor and knocking people off the map and knocking vehicles back. 
And if you look straight down at the ground, you can jump and use the repulsor to launch yourself up like three or four stories and do. Oh some my gosh, I haven't even tried to do that. That's Bruh. such. <laughs> They're probably not even thought to do that. Yeah, I, I, and I love harpooning people with the grappling hook and then sorting them or hammering them when you get close. There's so much in the game that's so fun, but there's so little. Like it, it's not. I don't feel like I'm rewarded anything for playing that game. And Justin, my roommate, and I were talking, and he said, I don't need to unlock skins and dress up my dolls to enjoy a game. And I was like, well, that's the difference is, I guess, like, I guess I do. I guess I do yeah. need new skins and new... If, if you're going to put it in the game, then give it to us. Make it rain rewards. Why are we grinding for it, man? Give it to us. We want your content. It's funny that you bring that up, because that's what I was going to say to somewhat challenge you, was, you know, we became Halo fans by obsessing over Halo 1 back in the day, when we would just play multiplayer on end, when there was nothing to unlock, and you could only play against your friends, and, you know, and we yeah. had hours and hours of fun just doing that but games we have just changed and evolved we didn't only play against our friends we used to use GameSpy arcade to play halo one online all night at chris's house That's and true. in halo one you could change your skin you could change your color you could be every single like you could be like 14 different shades and in halo infinite yeah. there are nine different colors you can choose from yeah that's fair like, like there like... were literally more options in the original <laughs> halo than there are now what the fuck are you doing buddy? yeah even if it's not like a thing that you know even if you don't need to dress up your doll or whatever the fact that other people can have all these awesome skins, like, you just get bupkis is kind of frustrating. You know, you want to look cool, too. Because, like, I was the, like, standard gray dude for, like, a week or whatever uh, with no, like, cool stuff. Uh, eventually, I changed my color, but that was about all I could do. And I, I was like, this sucks. I look stupid. Everyone else is cool doing, like, they're go like ah, they're doing, like, cool gestures and stuff. And I'm just a schmuck, you know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we're stuck with our two schmuck emotes. It might that might be some baby back bullshit uh, for me complaining about that, but I do understand it. Like I, everyone else looks so damn cool. I look like shit. I don't like it. We did play with our friend Lee recently, and I got on, and he had this just super cool looking armor that was yeah. white with with kind of this cyan blue visor and all this stuff. And I went, man, what level are you now? How'd you get that? And he goes, oh well, you know, I I paid to get this yeah okay well okay um because i probably won't do that you know i paid for my battle pass i won't pay for anything else i won't pay for xp boosters i won't pay for that i just i'll play the game and it seems like maybe they made it a slow progression because they're planning for this battle pass to last Mm. until may but still that doesn't that's no excuse i want to unlock stuff now while i'm playing it will i still even be playing this game in may probably not that's the thing i'm fine with the unlockables uh taking time i'm fine with you know i'm fine with all this stuff that stuff costs you money blah 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 but when games deliberately and obviously make it hard to get anything just to like force you into buying stuff that's frustrating it, and, it feels and, like a cell phone game because you can where feel it's like, it. yeah it's freemium it's a freemium you're gonna game. have to log on every day for the rest of forever to unlock anything because you can now unlock a wrist piece and a glove piece and a knee piece and a shoulder piece and a visor piece. There's so much now. There's so many little tiny things to put on your Master Chief that you'll just never have all the cool things, right? You'll just... And you don't get them at an alarming rate. At least if you did, it would be different. I absolutely hate 
the comparison of Halo to a freemium <laughs> cell phone game, but at the same time, I can't really argue it because yeah. the progression rate or unlocking rate feels similar. But the thing I'll say in Halo's defense is that when I do log in and just do some quick play games, even though I'm not unlocking stuff constantly, it still feels really good. Like, the pacing of the games are, are good. Slayer matches, oddball matches, whatever. They they go by quick enough that I'm, I'm having fun. I'll knock out a few games. Um, I think when you're playing, especially when you're playing in a squad with friends, uh, you know, when I'm playing with Gary and our friend Lee and JT and we win an objective-based game, there is a feeling of accomplishment in it. There are ones where sometimes we are just not clicking and we do really bad and we go, yikes, on to the next one. But there are ones where we play or we maybe have a good comeback victory. And I do think those things are are rewarding regardless of the unlocks you're getting. But it's still nice to have a rewarding win. And then on top of that, you level up and get something. And the fact that that aspect of it is missing just gives it that or it loses that extra little oomph that it could have to make you feel really good and uh, me and lee used to play a ton of call of duty together the not vanguard and not black ops 2 right but the one call of duty that came out before that or is modern warfare modern modern warfare Uh, we played a lot of that one and we played hardcore search and destroy and same thing like man those wins were hard to get and if you got killed that was one life and you were dead and the pressure was on, and when you won, it felt like you had won something. That teamwork felt like you had accomplished something, like an old Counter-Strike type of uh, way. And it's I love that type of teamwork, and I agree, Halo has some great team games, and you get that great rush right at the end, and you feel that. But to me, the first thing that really, that Halo, like, that, that it did was bring these vehicles into the forefront, where we had Goldeneye and Perfect Dark before, and a couple of decent shooters in between, uh, Halo was the first one that put us in this giant Blood Gulch sandbox with a tank and with a Warthog and with a Banshee. And we were like, holy shit, like, can you get in that alien jet? Like, can you remember how excited we were in the second one when you could? And they gave us the sword. Uh, I mean, Halo was just, it it was jaw-dropping, and it was this big thing that was totally awesome, and now all they've done is add sliding and mantling, so all they've really done, in my <laughs> opinion, is catch up. I don't think that this game did anything new. Uh, I think they've Halo finally caught up. So, I mean, that's fair, yeah, I mean, the first one, Combat Evolved, uh, or whatever, uh, was actually some Combat Evolved, uh, was very cool. Um, see, I don't this game, the freemium stuff isn't a deal breaker for me. It's just upsetting. Uh, I don't like obvious money grubbing coming from companies. It annoys me. Um, I do have fun when I play, and I like getting on and playing with my friends. And the gameplay is perfectly enjoyable. It is free on Game Pass Day 1. It's hard to complain it's about free that. even to non-Game Pass owners. Halo... Oh, the multiplayer, multiplayer is. Yeah. is free to yeah, play. Yeah, it's free to everyone. Uh, and then the full game will be free to uh, everyone. But yeah, I when, forgot. I forgot that the multiplayer is free to everyone. When the uh, co-op campaign comes out, I'll play that. But I think I'm gonna no. uninstall Halo multiplayer soon after. Nice. Uh, yeah, no, I liked. I actually do enjoy the gameplay. I'm not a big Halo guy to begin with, but this I have a lot of fun with it. Um, and the gameplay is smooth. Uh, there's not. I, I haven't experienced any glitches. Um, and it's an enjoyable game. But yeah, there's nothing new to it really. Uh, well. 
and I'll give them credit too. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel like all y'all, the complaints that y'all, both of you have been having are, are warranted. And I don't even disagree with that. Yeah. I just still feel, I still feel overall positive on the game and maybe more so than both of you. But I, again, I can't argue with your complaints. I, f- <laughs> I think they're all right. Yeah. Um, they're all correct. But I, I do think that Halo, or excuse me, Microsoft wants this to be good and wants the fans to be happy and i know they've already addressed some things the the leveling up for the battle pass was even worse before and they've improved it a little bit um by making sure you gain xp every match because that was not the case before so hopefully they will maybe continue doing that or just making some of the challenges easier so that you're just unlocking them more naturally rather than having to go out of your way. I don't know what the solution there is. I'm sure that they're going to be really looking into it, especially before the eighth when the full game launches. And, and I'm optimistic that they'll make changes to make some of those things flow better. Now, is that guaranteed? No, maybe you're right. Maybe they just want the cash, the cash grab, especially since it's a free to play game. Um, but I do think they're really banking on wanting the fans to play this and stick with it for a while. And this be the, the killer halo multiplayer that there's been. It has, it, there is a hope that it could be really good, uh, when it's all said and done. I, I, I'm not counting it out yet. I like playing it and playing with your friends is a great experience. Just like it always has been, uh, with halo games. Um, and I look forward to seeing what they fix and what they change and the new uh, maps and the new game modes that we, we're sure they're going to introduce and the updates that they're going to do. Because uh, it's not like they're not going to support the game. So there is that hope. I, I agree. Well, do y'all have anything else to add about Halo? I think we've really talked. I feel like that was pretty thorough. That's pretty thorough, multiplayer yeah. And all that there was, there is there, so... Is there anything else you guys can think of? Just a, just a final note that I've been playing... Uh, I haven't really watched a lot this week because I've been playing a whole lot of Halo and a whole lot of Battlefield 2042. Um, and I have unlocked skins for characters in Battlefield. I've unlocked weapon skins. I've unlocked awards and badges for my profile. Um, I've unlocked people's dog tags when I knife them. And I feel like I'm getting a lot of cool swag constantly. And even though Battlefield is objectively a worse clunkier game it is more rewarding to play yeah. it is more fun for me i am i'm unlocking more i'm getting more i feel rewarded i uh, i'm it's just feel it's more fun i have I trouble like having like giving my opinion in that way because i am a much bigger battlefield fan than halo so i feel like i'm biased because uh, i agree so take that, take my opinion with a grain of salt, and I am biased. Well, this is a good transition. So let's move into so Halo was our ultimate discussion, but let's move into our our fresh out of the box takes for the week. But let's start with Battlefield because I think fresh that, takes. Fresh. I think that Halo, you know, lends itself to the Battlefield conversation too. And I know we typically start with movies, but let's let's start with Battlefield because I have not played a a single minute i do not own uh battlefield 20 
42, I believe, is the, the new iteration. So, uh, but you guys both have been playing it. So just, um, we don't have to do as in-depth or anything as thorough as we were with Halo, but just overall, because I think the things that I've been reading, I've seen posts on Reddit of people saying, <laughs> don't buy this game, <laughs> show don't buy it is. Before we take a shit on Battlefield, I would like to say that both Battlefield and Halo have surprisingly good matchmaking where you can play with your yes. friends. It doesn't drop you out. It's not a fucking headache. Both of those games have good matchmaking. And we're about to shit on basically everything else about Battlefield 2042. <laughs> so I just want you to know there that they've got good matchmaking. There is a glaring issue with playing with your friends, though, that we will get into. But yes, the matchmaking in both games. Because uh, me and Gary, we were playing so many free games, and we were looking forward to, like, Lemnis Gate and all this other stuff. Like, yeah, these games are coming out. They're free. The matchmaking, plain, straight up, does not work. And it's like, okay, cool. This is an unplayable piece of shit. Thanks. Uh, but the, these two games uh, haven't had an issue, really. So Yeah, totally yeah I forgot to mention that during Halo. I've barely experienced any lag at all. I've never had any games kick me out or yeah. drop me or anything. I, the matchmaking from day one, when presumably everybody was jumping in because the Steam record, I think, for Xbox was was broken, something something like that, of... of new players from an Xbox game. I mean, uh, people were playing the game and the server seemed to hold up with flying colors. So that's, yeah. that's worth noting. And it sounds like you're saying the same thing about battlefield. Yeah. No um, issues. Yeah. No issues with matchmaking or with dropping, you know, you can totally stay with your friends. You don't have to hit a, to start the next match. You could just drop your controller when you're done, go get a drink, come back and your match made into the next one. Your friends don't drop in between. No problems. Mm -hmm. Um, the problems with Battlefield were actually the day some of the servers logged day one and day two, day three. It looks like a lot of people jumped ship and abandoned the game because of the reviews or because of that initial first impression. And the servers have actually cleaned up a lot since then. They're a lot less laggy. I'm not having as many issues as shooting at a guy while he ice skates away from me <laughs> or blasting a guy and the bullets going through him. Those were some really early problems and the game was bad. I and never had those issues. Uh, I mean, I had those issues through the beta, and I was worried that they might carry over, and they did. Oh, in the um, beta, yeah, I did have some in the beta. So, and it carried over for me. It was happening in the main game, but it's it stopped now. Now that we're a few days in, I'm not having a lot of those problems, and a, a lot of uh, the hovercraft in particular. I used to drive the hover. I still drive the hovercraft a lot, and I would boost into stupid corners that were vertical and launch through the air like 500 feet and fly around over the helicopters and fly onto the tops of buildings with yeah, it. I've been uh, in the you, car when he does that. In the and you can't do that anymore. They fixed that. Uh, so they're, they're cleaning some things up already. They're cleaning things up quick. But, like, boy, was it ugly. Boy, did it start bad. And Jahan and I have told, I think, three or four different people at this point, just don't buy it. Yeah, and I will stand by that. Do not buy this game. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not a, if you're not playing it on a Series X or on a PC, you're not getting the game you're paying for. Period. You're not because the game is made for those, right? And we were talking about this the other day about how uh, you know they don't make a lot of games. This is just like Cyberpunk 2077. It should not have released on Xbox One. Fucking period. It's a money grab. It's a shit port with half the amount of players that you're supposed to have on these maps. So these there are these giant empty maps that are missing half the players uh and you know don't get it but me and gary are huge battlefield fans we have a blast playing it 
we have a lot of fun. Uh, it's a, it is Battlefield. It's just not what was promised and not what we wanted. If you want to see, uh, and I know Drew has seen it, if you want to see a great side-by-side comparison, uh, go look up Video Game Donkey on YouTube and look <laughs> up his Battlefield 2077 video because it takes the cinematic stuff from the trailer of 2042 and it puts it directly next to the gameplay. And so to Jahan's point of we didn't get what we promised, you can see exactly what we were promised and exactly what we got right next to it. And some of those glitches, a lot of those glitches, I would say, have been cleaned up already. But, like, still, if you're going up an elevator, you can't revive your teammate because it doesn't know where your teammate's at. And if you throw a grenade, it vanishes in the elevator shaft. Like, Mm. there are things in the game that just, they don't work. And I'm not sure they're ever going to get fixed. Just, you know, if you're in the elevator, don't do anything because it's not going to fucking work. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, there's, there's muddy textures. Uh, when you're loading into the game, first off, you can't choose not to spawn when the game starts, right? You almost always have to spawn with everyone else. You can't, like, spawn right in a vehicle even though you're supposed to be able to. Uh, if you, you don't yeah. start in a vehicle, then you can't spawn in a vehicle. So yeah. it just drops, and you can't wait until someone captures a base. So it just drops you alone in your base on foot at the back with nothing the fuck around to leave. It, like, makes you run like you need the exercise or something. It's really bullshit. Uh, and then... Uh, yeah, and then when you're in the helicopter with everyone loading in, you can see through everyone's heads. Everyone looks like shit. There's not uh, unloading textures. Uh, yeah, they're all made out of, they're all Play-Doh monsters. The physical gameplay is good. Uh, I don't have issues, like, when I knife people, they get knifed. When I shoot people, they get shot. Uh, and they have some pretty cool game modes, like, uh, Battlefield Portal we were playing with, uh, the other day, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, one team plays as, like, Battlefield from... Uh, what was it, Bad Company? And then, like, the mm-hmm. other one is, like, Battlefield 3. And, like, your controls are different, like, to match those games. And the guns are different to match those games. And it's just, it's interesting. So they have some cool stuff going on. Um, all in all, I mean, this game, it's not what was promised. It looks like shit. Uh, people, vehicles go through the ground and bounce, like, really far away sometimes. It's like, it's like, this is a triple A title. be very nice and give that a 5 out of 10, but I like it. <laughs> it's yeah, probably I'm, not even a 5. My takeaway from what y'all are saying are, is that it is broken, it is busted, but there is fun to be had, so don't buy it unless you're a really hardcore Battlefield yes, fan. Yes, if you're playing that game by yourself because you want a good war simulator, which is what Battlefield has been in the past, no, pass, pass hard. If you and your friends have played every Battlefield and you like playing with your squad and get your boys together, yeah, it's the same thing. It's not worth 60 bucks. Uh, I'm also really pissed because... So there's a thing with Xbox called Smart Delivery. Some games have it. If you buy it, it'll automatically upload the best version of that. So like, if you have it on the Xbox One, it'll do the Xbox One version. But it'll automatically upgrade if you install it uh, on a Series X. This game, instead charges you extra which pisses me the fuck off like how like ea is such a money grubbing fucking shithole of a company that rushes all their games out and doesn't care what they give people because we'll all eat this shit sandwich because they own all the properties you know what i mean if you want to play a star wars game you gotta eat ea shit sandwich (laughs) fuck you ea uh (laughs) 
I don't know. I would love to see Dice make their own intellectual property, make their own war game that isn't Battlefield, that it isn't Battlefront. I just want to see Dice make something new where they're not being choked by some fucking production company. Yeah, I, if I Dice love... was on its own and gave us what they gave us with Battlefield Three again, hot fire. Battlefield Three, want... fantastic. There's, you know, there's a world where Phil Spencer wakes up tomorrow and he buys Dice. And then it's a, it's an Xbox exclusive studio, and that is the world that I want to live in. That's fair. Uh, yeah, no, I mean if Dice if Dice could get under the heel, because EA is notorious for rushing games out and straining money out of them and charging for every uh, T-shirt and bullet that your character has. You know, like they did it with The Sims. The Sims Four is a piece of shit. It got pushed out. Uh, and it's just, it's awful. They kill companies. They did the same thing with SimCity, which should have been the best city simulator ever made. And it almost was. But they rushed it out and didn't support it. And uh, Battlefield has once again <laughs> been fucked by EA. Uh, so, sorry, uh, EA. Uh, I guess don't sponsor us. Because <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Here's the end-all, be-all. Yeah. Is Battlefield 2042... Fresh out the box. It's a fresh shit in a box. <laughs> it's nice, fresh. Look, I'm Duke. afraid to answer that question. Don't buy it. Don't buy that it. Means, yeah, that means probably no. No, it's not but, fresh. But I love it. The amount of fun I have is 10 out of 10. I have 10 out of 10 fun on that game. I, I love playing it. I can't wait to play it hopefully later. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I can't wait to play it tonight. It is, a, it is an unrepentant piece of shit of a game. Everyone that made it, shame on you. And by that, I mean EA, shame on you. Not the people mm-hmm. that actually made it, because they probably tried really hard. <laughs> also, right. another thing. So, like, that you know the, the, the beta map, right? With the missile? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. I don't know where the fuck that went. Oh, oh, God. I'm so glad you brought they, that up. And all the so weather. Oh, my God. They said they were going to have all these weather events and all these yeah, features. Yeah, tornadoes. The same fucking cyclone. And it just shows up like one out of every nine maps. And it's just the same thing every single time. By one out of nine like, maps, Gary one. means I haven't seen it once. <laughs> And, like, in the beta map, there's this giant rocket that launches, and it, like, kind of changes the map. I guess they're trying to simulate that Battlefield 4 feel of the skyscraper crashing. Yeah. But it's literally the only map that has an interactable thing like that. And they showed it in the beta. They're like, look. We, we played on it. It is not in the game. Except then, they don't have interactive maps again. Like, it's just the seriously the one that they showed you. So, yeah, I you, don't know. Shame on them again. You they were able to blow up a skyscraper in Battlefield, what, 3? That was Battlefield 4. Battlefield 4. You can't do shit like that in this game. Not a single same, thing. In that same map, you could blow up the street and make it fall into the subway. Yeah, you can't blow no. up. No, no destructible environment. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right, but anyways, that's it. That's all I had to say. Well, let's then jump I'd say, yeah, into... maybe that's certified fresh out the box. <laughs> fair, fair. For I mean, hey, this is our show, right? And y'all like this game, even I do like you admit it. that it's that it's not good. I've it can be fresh clear. out the box. I've been very clear on what this game is. You have, you have. Well, let's uh, let's jump into some movies. Y'all cool with talking about some movies that we've seen? I've I literally watched one movie, but I'd love to talk about it. Well, I'll I'll kick off because I've I've got a few things. Yeah. Um, because first off, it's been a little bit, but I did go see Ghostbusters Afterlife, the Ooh. new Ghostbusters movie. 
And uh, actually, I'd intended this episode to be kind of about that in general, except our guests were not able to make it today, and neither of you have seen it. So instead, I'm just going to talk about it kind of briefly, and I'm sure down the line you both will see it, and we'll we'll bring it up, and we'll, you know, the statute of limitations as far as I'm spoilers gonna see it ASAP. go, will be up by then, so I, maybe I we can did... talk about it. I did see your Twitter tweet about this, and in the past I've read your tweets about movies. Uh, do you care if I read this one and let people know uh, what you thought about it in a brief sum- summary? I don't mind. Uh, so Drew says, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Proof that too much nostalgia is definitely not a good thing. Yes, that's that's what I said. Um, I, I'll say this about it. Um <sighs> The first two-thirds of Ghostbusters Afterlife, I really dug. I was like, I am I am digging this. I think the main girl in it um, is fantastic, the young actress. I believe she's in uh, The Haunting of Hill House, among some other things. I, but she's, she's very good. Um, and Paul Rudd is great in it, and he just... I had this realization watching. I've always liked Paul Rudd. I like everything he's in. Yeah, he's the best. The moment he shows up in the movie, it really starts rolling. And and I just thought, man, I'm happy to see him on screen. Paul Rudd's just one of those guys that when he shows up, he's just got that natural charisma. He's funny. He uh, he's just such a great presence, which is not anything we didn't already know. But it was just reemphasized. 2021 sexiest man alive. True. Um. So anyway, he's great, and there's. There's a lot of things that I liked about it, but the third act, where it's all supposed to culminate, uh, is where it kind of fell apart for me, personally. I, I There are things that I expected them to do in the movie, because it's no secret that, you know, Ivan Reitman directed the first two Ghostbusters movies that were written by Dan Aykroyd and, and Harold Ramis. And... This one was directed by Jason Reitman, so Ivan Reitman's son. So this is right there. Jason Reitman grew up, you know, being on the sets of hmm. the original Ghostbusters That's movies awesome. while his dad directed them. So it's kind of interesting to see that. And this is somebody who, you know, I think Ghostbusters as a franchise is, is close to his heart. So I think that's worth noting. So naturally, there's going to be some things in this movie that try to play to your nostalgia of the original Ghostbusters films. And when those things happen, it's just uh, I don't want to I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it. I I just a lot of it didn't work for me or it wasn't what I wanted. And there's some uh, some things that maybe try to pull at your heartstrings that I found to be instead distracting and detrimental to the overall movie. So I'll just say that. Um, I would say the first two thirds, I was at like an eight out of 10 for this movie. I thought, oh man, I'm digging this. And at the end of the day, I tried to not let those things at the end that I didn't like tarnish the whole experience. So I'd probably put it overall at about a six out of 10 as my final okay. score. But but man, it's like an eight out of ten for those for those first two acts, and like a four out of ten for that last Ooh. act. So, Interesting. So anyway, um, that's my overall thing there of being kind of uh, you know trying to talk around spoilers. <laughs> Too for much uh, fan service kind of thing. 
I'll I'll let you see it and okay. I'll let you be the judge. Because I'll say this. I saw it. I did see it with uh, Thomas, Gary's brother, yeah. and he is an ultimate Ghostbusters fan. And he and I were in total agreement after the movie. Interesting. Okay. We felt the same way. And he, if anything, was going to be, you know, more likely to biased. Yeah. Uh-huh. And but I have talked to a friend that didn't have the same nostalgia tie and he thought it was amazing. And the stuff at the end worked on him. So, you know, it could work on you. all I, I don't know. Um. But yeah, I I think overall I enjoyed my experience, but I still left disappointed. So there you, there you go. You like you, you like going to the movies with your friends, Drew? I so it's funny you say that. <laughs> I uh, we did talk on one of our previous episodes. Jahan said, "Hey, mm-hmm. Drew, we're but you want to go see Resident Evil together?" I'm not sure how it came up, but uh, but I said, "Yep," and uh, Jahan kept to his word. <laughs> He mm-hmm. messaged me this past week oh. and said, all right, we're doing this thing. I didn't, and... Johan, I didn't know that you liked Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize you were a zombie guy. Whatever. Yeah, that's how the conversation started. I was like, hey, guess what's coming out? I bet you can't guess. I'm so excited because I'm a piece More of shit. Zombies. So uh, Jahan and I saw Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. It's the full title. This is a theatrical reboot of the Resident Evil franchise. This has nothing to do with the uh, the the Mila Jovovich uh, Mila atrocities. Jovovich yeah. Sony so Sony is... realized they could save some money by also doing a Sly Cooper Thievius Raccoonus reboot at the same time, which is why it's called Raccoon City. Uh, they bring Sly Cooper back in this one. It's what everyone wants to see. Raccoon City was around before Sly Cooper, unfortunately. <laughs> that's so we true. Not, we well, it that. would have to be. It would have to be around before Sly Cooper because that's where he was born. So, mm-hmm. to be oh, fair, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm a part of it. We're, we're getting off the rails here, real quick. Um, no, we saw this, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it definitely seemed like they went a little lower budget. A lot of the actors and actresses in it aren't big names by any means. I've seen all most of them in some other things, but I've seen uh, some but, of them. I've seen several in several things, uh, and the acting uh, wasn't awful across the board. It was some, there was some decent acting in it. I think uh, they did fine with the material they had to work with. <laughs> put it that yeah. way. What I what I said about this in my letterbox review was you could so the the writer the director of this movie wrote and directed it and you can tell he is a fan of these games yes. I assume because they really try to kind of combine aspects of the first Resident Evil game and the second Resident Evil game for this film and um, I I had fun watching this. I I mean it's a bad movie. I thought this was a bad. <laughs> Jahan was higher on it than me. I had a fun experience, but it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the whole thing for me. Uh, wow, I didn't realize that guy was uh, Green Arrow's brother. That's crazy. Uh, Chris Redfield's played by uh, Green Arrow's brother. <laughs> Just FYI. But uh, yeah, no. So I I did like it. It's campy as hell. Uh, it's not 100% accurate or even 90% accurate to the games. Uh, they add some characters. They add some situations. Uh, and, you know, they kind of change it up a little bit. I think they're trying to maybe make it more of a modern feel what with, you know, companies dumping stuff in water and that kind of thing. Maybe they're trying to relate to the audience. 
but they, they, they messed up a couple things for me. And then some of it is, like, honestly, it almost seems like it was intentionally a comedy. Because I was laughing pretty hard. Uh, and, like, the truck driver. Oh, my God. The friggin' uh, exposition truck driver. <laughs> That's, like, sarcastically repeating back Claire Redfield's backstory to her so we can hear it. Really there got definitely me. definitely parts where I heard Jahan... <laughs> And myself and John's brother laugh out loud. Yeah, we saw it with my little brother Keon too, and yeah, it was we were laughing. Uh, it was just super camp. Uh, there were some scenes. Uh, I remember Drew talking about it, where like one the zombies like getting up and like the way they frame it is exactly like Resident Evil One, uh, <laughs> and it was just it was cool. And there was even like a little puzzle that someone did. They had to do a puzzle in the mansion. Um, they, there's the part where they walk into the police station and it is just exactly what the, it is. To the police station looks like in the game. So stuff like that. If you're a fan of the games, there is some fan service where I thought, oh, that's neat. There oh, that's is. a cool reference. But then there's other parts that they try to make like the games. And it's like, no, that's that's in the games for a reason. Make this a movie. <laughs> there's a thousand better. percent. It's a thousand percent more accurate than the Mila Jovovich crap. But it's still... Yeah, they, they, they added too much stuff from the games that they shouldn't have, and they took away things they should have kept. Um, but I, I really liked it. The most, the most important thing here, John, how were the zombies, in your opinion? I mean, so, in a lot of the zombie, in a lot of the Resident Evil games, they do have, like, they can talk sometimes with some of the viruses, uh, especially in the newer games. Uh, they're, they act more like sick people. Uh, especially like in Resident Evil 4 where they're like culty and stuff. So they are doing that and that's fine. Uh, honestly, when they were in the mansion and like people started getting swarmed, I was like, oh, like it, it gave me that like, ah, I don't want to get eaten by zombies feeling like in my bones. Uh, the zombies are okay. I, I give the zombies a, a six. Yeah, it was much more plague-like zombies than zo undead feeling zombies yes. which i mean that's resident evil that's how it, that's the story it so is they, but they but, do transition which is interesting uh and they also they, they also did the t and the g virus they actually mentioned the g virus which i thought was cool and they had there's a you know spoiler alert there's a g virus monster uh and then you know they also have like the what the liquors which was cool um, <laughs> Gary's shrugging because he has no idea from No, I'm Resident shrugging Evil, because but... no one ever at home anywhere in any world gives a shit about a, a G-strand virus spoiler. Resident no one, Evil no fans care, Gary. No true. one cares that you're spoiling The G-virus got very little play in the Mila Jovovich movies. They would probably rather hear you say this and now they'll go see it. Yeah, so there is <laughs> okay, fair, uh, but yeah, so they do they do pay some respect to the G virus, which I appreciate a lot because uh, the G virus is where like the more monstrous creations come from uh, in Resident Evil, uh, and it gives it that flavor. The fact that there's two separate strains uh, for the different kinds of zombies, I've always appreciated about the lore. Uh, so I did, I enjoyed the movie. It is not a good movie. <laughs> you know, they say the new COVID Omicron strain will actually turn you into a a. a big virus monster uh, just like the the g strain of there, the resident evil virus 
There is a part that's very video gamey in the last act that it was funny. This is the type of thing that I'm like, yeah, give me more of this and I'd probably enjoy it more. Um, the final one of the final battles takes place on a moving train and they're fighting a big virus monster, as John was saying. And one of the guys shows up with this is a spoiler. Oh, my God. Who really cares? One of the guys <laughs> sh- shows up and shoots the monster with a rocket launcher, which is very typical of what happens in Resident Evil games. Yeah. Get to the end boss fight and they a rocket launcher appears or is somewhere and you use it to help defeat the final monster and then they were like where did you get that and he was like in the other car (laughs) like exactly that guy shoots the monster with a rocket launcher they're like where'd you find that he just says he found it there on the train yeah so leon's in the movie they made him very different from the games but i thought he was hilarious that scene where he's listening to his Sony headphones in the the police station atrium and that zombies walk, dude, that killed me. That was hilarious. Like my favorite part. Yeah, my, my favorite part of the movie wasn't part of the movie. Um, my favorite part of the movie was so as I said, I saw this in person with Jahan and Keon, and uh, Jahan did show up wearing a Umbrella Corporation T-shirt, yes. so showing his fandom there having a a Resident Evil t-shirt, but we get, we get out of the movie and Jahan or Keon, I think was saying how he did not like the, or thought it was pretty bad. And I thought it was bad. And Jahan goes, ah, I liked it. I thought, you know, there's some camp and stuff, but I, I had a good time. And Keon turns to Jahan and goes, yeah, well you like everything and you have really terrible taste. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how bo- that's how my entire family feels about my uh, taste. Even though they watch a lot of the stuff I tell them to and love it, so I don't know. But that was that was the part that gave me the biggest laugh of everything. And I thought I do a podcast with Jahan where we review stuff, so that's funny that he says that. it is uh, funny. Yeah, no, I have I have terrible opinions, and I like bad movies, so it is what <laughs> it is. I I'm aware of it. Like, one of my favorite movie franchises is the Tremors franchise. And after the second one, they're not very good. <laughs> Speaking but. of bad movies, I saw HBO Max's new Christmas movie. Uh, they in, in the description, I thought it was pretty arrogant of them to describe it as their new Christmas hit classic. <laughs> like, it came out this year, and they're straight up like, this is our fucking Hallmark Christmas movie. Uh, it's called 8-Bit Christmas. It's got Neil Patrick Harris. It's got Steve Zahn. Uh, they've kind of got the never-ending story set up where Neil Patrick Harris is the dad, and he's telling a story to his daughter. So it hits you with that kind of nostalgia from never-ending story there. Uh, and Princess then it's Bride a, too. Yeah, Princess Bride. Uh, and then it's got this kind of, uh, uh, and then it kicks over to like when he was a kid, and it's got the '80s nostalgia back in time. So then they're kind of doing the Christmas story thing, but instead of the '60s, it's '80s, uh, like arcade rat late '80s. I can get behind that. Yeah, so I actually really liked it. I don't like Christmas. I would say I don't generally like Christmas movies. Like you know, once you've seen, you've seen it, it, it whatever. Uh, don't have not... any Christmas movies you tend to revisit no. over the holidays or anything? Yes. No, I don't. But this one, I'm not even kidding you. I might would watch this Christmas movie again. I actually liked 8-Bit Christmas. Um, it was it was just a, it was a great, funny story. He's trying to get his Nintendo. It's all about how he got his first Nintendo. I get behind and that. 
Yeah, so being a Neil Patrick Harris fan, I'm a Steve Zahn fan. It's it's a family comedy. It's got it's almost a coming of age thing with the kids. So it's it's got basically everything I like, and and they knew exactly what they did when they made it. It almost felt like it was planned to be exactly you know in the description. This is our trademark movie. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, uh, but they did it. They they did it. It was good. I liked it. I might watch it again. Sure, check this out. I've seen it on there. It's I've heard some buzz just because this is for sure a nostalgia play for our generation that grew up with the Nintendo. So when you know when it's about them trying to get their first Nintendo, I feel like that automatically appeals to my interest. So I, I definitely do want to check this out. I haven't had a chance yet. I've seen yeah. it and it looks good to me. Uh, it was I custom tailored just for us. Is is it fresh? I, I'd say it's certified fresh okay. out the box. There yeah. you go, guys. Go check out 8-Bit Christmas uh, Annie and on I HBO. Both like it. So, yeah, it's, it's on HBO. That's exactly Excellent. right. Uh, yeah, to answer your question, Drew, I do. I mean, I, I have. I love the holiday season. Uh, we already watched Elf, actually, the other day. My mom made, like, she bought Elf brand cookies. Uh, and, like, she made me Jenny hot chocolate. We were all sitting there watching Elf. Um, and then she asked me, there's, like, a cutout. Uh, elf ornament on the cookie box and she like jokingly was like hey do you want me to cut out this ornament ha 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 and I was like yes and she did it it was really funny it's all sitting there playing with it but yeah what is your life you just sit around and drink cocoa with your family and watch movies yeah my 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 life is uh fucking sweet yeah no oh my god I'm sorry Gary I'm sorry I'm sorry (laughs) I always yeah but also, uh, so Elf was one, and then Die Hard. Uh, I watched Die Hard. Did you know that I was born on the actual, like, day and year that it takes place? Because <laughs> it takes place uh, Christmas Eve, 1988. And that's when I was born. I don't know. I was born on Die Hard Day, so I always watch it. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I, I, Elf is probably the one that I revisit the most. Um... Sometimes Home Alone, but otherwise that's it. Like I'm not somebody that rewatches, you know, Christmas Story or or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation each year. Yeah, you know, me either. Like that, that I know some people really love. <laughs> I actually had a friend who he would go and buy two bottles of wild turkey, and on Christmas Day he would just drink wild turkey alone and watch Christmas Story until he passed out. And I was like, that's so sad. And he's like, no, I've been doing that for years. That's, like, my tradition. Like, oh, good, man. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> well, so speaking of, of holiday <laughs> movies and shows, uh, let's talk about Hawkeye. Yeah! Hawkeye, the first two episodes of Hawkeye launched this past week, and there is an overall holiday theme or feel throughout the series. And so, um, what did y'all think of the first two episodes of Hawkeye? I, I've seen some mixed reactions to it, um, but I want to know what y'all think. So normally I just get a graphic or whatever, but I pulled up IMDb for the, the backdrop. It has an 8.9 apparently, so that's crazy. Uh, okay. I, I didn't know that, but yeah, I liked it. I don't know. I like everything Marvel does. I, I'm a, a simp. So it's hard to take my opinion seriously about this kind of stuff. But uh, Hawkeye, I like Kate Bishop is really cool. I like her character. Uh, and she's a good actress. I think she's a good actress. Um, and then some of the, some of the stories funny. I, I do like that they, they talk about the tracksuit mafia. It's kind of funny. Uh, the part with the bell tower, I thought was really stupid. 
Yep. <laughs> but I guess, like, it wasn't, like, a functioning bell tower or something. I think that's what was wrong. Uh, I like the whole backstory with her during the Battle of New York, seeing Hawkeye nope. jump off the building. I thought it was cool. Um, and, you know, but obviously, you know, she has a dead dad. It's like, okay, good job, Marvel. Way to be original. But I do, I, I, I like it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, the first two episodes are really fun. And I like her character. I think it's going to be a good series. And I look forward she to her being a, in the Young Avengers. She's a rich girl, and she's yes. an entitled girl, and she's yes. disrespectful, and she breaks shit, and I do not like her. Uh, the actress is fine. I don't like Kate Bishop. It's nothing against the actress. I think fair. Kate Bishop is a shitty fucking entitled brat character, and I don't need to see another rich white girl going around fucking shit up to become a superhero. Uh, and I think that Jeremy Renner is the least exciting Avenger of them all, and he's just as boring in Hawkeye as he ever was as Hawkeye. Disagree. I like him a lot in it. I, I, I like, like him a lot in it. Family man persona. Love um, it. No, I, overall, I'm... I'm more with Jahan. I really liked the the first two episodes. I liked the overall feel. Um, I love Haley Steinfeld as an actress, so maybe I'm biased into liking Kate Bishop more because of of that. I, I she does have the rich girl thing going for her, but I did not find her to be all that entitled. I didn't I mean, find yeah, her to be intolerable. She, she does have the wealth to lean on, so I think that's fair. And especially the bell tower thing is probably the most egregious of that because there's pretty much no repercussions for that. You would be in big trouble. Um, but I overall, I overall liked it. I uh, I thought it was I thought it was fun. I thought the episodes flowed well. I thought the action looks pretty decent for the stuff that we're seeing, and uh, I like I like Jeremy Renner in it as being the kind of feeling a little bit older from 10 years ago when he was in Avengers movies and reflecting mm. that the show. I think that that's, that that's well done. I like that. He's an old man. I like, uh, the way that they showed that he's going deaf. Um, because like, I, I love the musical part, the, the Avengers musical. That shit, that was great. I was crying. Dude. I was laughing. Sorry. Cause I love what was captain America saying? I could do this all day. Like, that was, was really funny. Yeah, that entire musical number was appropriately terrible. It was hilarious, yes. and Hawkeye turned off his hearing aid during the show, uh, so he couldn't hear his daughter being like, "Hey, Dad, you are you okay?" And so, like, that's how you found out he's like he can't hear anymore. Uh, I love the LARP angle. That was really funny. No, that was terrible. I thought it was hilarious. That um, was so fucking stupid. <laughs> I liked it. Um, and then I don't know. Uh, I conflicted about the the way they introduced Echo because uh, I wasn't expecting her to be on that side of things necessarily. When it happened, I I mean I had I'm not gonna lie, and this, this is gonna sound bad as a Marvel fan, but I had to be kind of like, okay, who is that? What's yeah. what's happening? Because I was fully expecting the reveal to be Yelena from uh, Black Widow. And, you know, Lawrence Pugh's character is who I was expecting. And so we saw this other character. But of course, um, I've, I've since just found out that that's Echo, which makes sense. Because yeah. during Disney Plus Day, when all of those Disney or the Marvel shows were announced, an Echo show 
yeah. was announced. So I guess this is going to be a pretty pivotal pivotal character. Yes. So um, I I've I've heard that Echo is going to be in this, and I've found out more and more about Echo through other means like TikTok and whatnot. And like I've been like educated on it. Uh, and but I wasn't expecting her to be on that side of things. Uh, it was kind of a cool intro. I don't know, but. Uh, I heard people talking about the confidence they must have in this character to already have greenlit a show, even though she hadn't made her first appearance yet to see how people feel. Uh, so they must be pretty confident in her character. Right. Um, right for sure. But I, I don't know. I, I have nothing but good things to say about the show. There, except for that one bell thing. I don't know. That was it. That was dumb. Uh, I think it's terrible, and I'm going to keep watching it. Maybe it'll change my mind. <laughs> I like it. I definitely feel optimistic about it. I'll be excited to catch the next one. So, um, well, great. That's Hawkeye. Um, let me take a second to do a quick uh, circle back to Drew's Oscar minute, which I had done uh, in a previous episode. And uh, I want to talk about King Richard, uh, which I watched on Thanksgiving. And uh, this is one of the day and date HBO Max and theatrical releases on the same day. So um, this is uh, starring Will Smith and Will Smith plays uh, Richard Williams, which who is father to Serena and Venus Williams of tennis fame. uh, Interesting. One of the best tennis players in the world. And this is a kind of... somewhat traditional sports biopic of just him, uh, Richard Williams and, and what he did to raise those girls and train those girls and get them their start when they're young. So Venus and Serena are young in this movie, like 10 and, and 13 respectively when it starts. Mm. And, um, and just kind of all that he went through in living in Compton and trying to do what he could to train these girls and make them the best that they could be. And, and how that, uh, you know, the path that they took. And uh, this is, you know, a Will Smith vehicle, 100%. This is a Will Smith showcase. Uh, he is really acting his butt off <laughs> in in this film. You know, he is fully in character. He has the, the uh, dialect down. I mean, the way that Richard Williams spoke, the, the, the tonality, everything about it is just spot on. Um, I... Basically, right now, from an Oscar standpoint, so that y'all know, is that when the campaigns start going like they are now, you really get to see the front runners for awards. And basically, right now, in the early awards race, the best actor Oscar is Will Smith's to lose right now. Is that basically it wow. seems like, like a foregone conclusion that this this is his year, that this is going to be the year Will Smith wins an Oscar, and this is the movie that it's going to be for. Good for um, There's some other people that could... There's a film coming out on December 1st on Netflix called The Power of the Dog that stars Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, so Benedict Cumberbatch could be in the race. Um... Denzel Washington for the tragedy of Macbeth that'll be on Apple TV plus in, in January. Um, so there's, there's a few others that are, that are going to be in the conversation, but right now it seems like this is going to be Denzel's year, um, which it could always change, but, um, and he, and I think the, the main thing in setting all that up is that if he wins it this year, I think it's deserved. This yeah. is, I thought this was an, 
uh, excellent performance. I thought the movie overall was was great. It's going to be a you know one of those best picture nominees. Uh, Will Smith will get nominated for best actor. The actress who plays his wife, I think, has a a pretty solid chance. Uh, Anjanou Ellis is her name of being nominated for best supporting actress. I don't know if she will win, but. I think this is going to be the Will Smith year. And so uh, all that being said, just removing myself from my Oscar bias because I love the awards race so much, I recommend it. I'd say it's it's fresh out the box. Uh, it, it's it's long. It's almost two and a half hours. So that's awesome. You, know, so you have to be willing to sit down for two hours and 20 minutes of a sports biopic. But it's a it's a pretty great film that you can watch with your loved ones. It's a, you know, a, a feel good movie. And I'm not a tennis fan at all. I mean, yeah. I honestly just couldn't. I like sports, but I couldn't care less about tennis. Um, and they make the tennis in this film very entertaining. And and it's shot really well. And they, they give it um, some good intrigue as it's going. So uh, I would recommend it. But that's it for Drew's Oscar Minute for this week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not a big sports guy in any way, uh, let alone tennis. But, uh, I mean, you know, Serena and Venus Williams are, like, icons in just just in the world, period. You know, and it'd be, uh, it does sound interesting. So I, I think I might actually check this out. Yeah, I mean, a big part of the movie is, is you know, about the race relations because tennis was a white man's sport mm-hmm. or was a white person's sport. You know, you have to be well off to participate in the sport to have yes. access to the country clubs to have access to the coaches to everything and these this is a poor black family from compton but these girls are superstars and so he's doing and they became the absolute best in the world yeah that's crazy it, exactly and uh and became huge role models for african-american men and women yeah um, Especially that maybe wanted to play tennis, or uh, they're really still and they're still doing any sport. They're still doing iconic stuff in the movements and uh, all that stuff. And uh, no, it, it'd be great to watch. I would, yeah. I would definitely. It oh, sounds, it sounds a lot cooler than I thought. <laughs> it's, it's very good. I'd recommend it. Again, it's on, it's in theaters now, but it's also on HBO Max for the next month. So, uh, so you can watch it at home if you subscribe to HBO Max. I do. <laughs> no, that's cool. All right, and that's it for my movies and such. It sounds like y'all have uh, been watching some more Arcane, which I know Jahan's talked about uh, very positively previously. Yes. But, uh, um, what you got to say about Arcane? Yeah, I. I mean, I finished it. I've seen all of it. Um, it after I'm done with it did not change my opinion at all. I think it's amazing. I think it's fantastic. Hot uh, fire, hot fire. I think it's hot fire. Uh, is that my is that my catchphrase? Uh, yeah, I think that this is hot fire. The characters are fantastic. Uh, it's 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 a female led cl- uh, cast all the way. Mostly, you know, it's like almost all women, um, and it's just so good. The character development is great. The villain is so good uh they're they're everything that you need them to be there uh he's sympathetic like you kind of understand what he's doing uh and it's just i don't know it's fantastic i don't want to spoil anything but if you're a league of legends fan 
check it out. Uh, Jinx and Vi are my two of my favorite characters, anyways. Uh, and then if you just like uh, fantasy, this is a, an excellent fantasy show. I couldn't disagree more. I watched every episode. Rather, I had them all on in my house. And boy, was it hard to just get engaged or get involved. I was very bored all the time. And the coolest fights of the show certainly happen at the end. The show is a lot more talking and a lot less action than I thought it should be. I'll watch season two, but I hope that they do anything different with their story. I was just so fucking bored. Uh, but I did go back and play League of Legends because it yeah. got me wanting to play League again. So if that's what they wanted, if they wanted to get people a rebirth for their game and a rebirth for their lore, then they did breathe fresh life into their IP for sure. And I will watch more Arcane. That being said, it didn't get a thumbs up from me or a thumbs down. Oh, I'm I, pretty indifferent on it. I 100% certify it fresh out of the box for me. Uh and yeah, if you if you like do I have to watch it so I can be the the, the tiebreaker here. Uh I'm I probably right. won't watch just FYI. But anyways, uh the League of Legends angle though, uh you can there's an event right now. We were talking about free games and events earlier. Uh if you go play game, uh uh like A I think you just have to win. You have to play three games, win one, and then you unlock three skins of these characters from the show. So you get a Vice skin, a Caitlyn skin, and a Jay skin. All of them are the Arcane set skins from the show. Uh, and there's nothing to it. It's easy to do. And then you just go claim them in your loot. So, bravo. Uh, but no, I thought the show was fantastic. Uh, and some of the coolest fight scenes I have ever seen uh, are in this show. I really like the one... There's one where Vi is one on one with uh, the main bad guy's uh, right-hand woman. And... They're both so badass. They're like the best fighters in the whole city. And they go at it hard. And it's it's crazy. I loved it. And it ends oh, on a pretty glad. good cliffhanger. So. I'm glad that you did love it. Loved it. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm looking through and I think that's everything that we had to talk about this week on Fresh Out the Podcast, unless there's any last-minute things you, you both, uh, either of you, would want to add. Yeah, I watched that some of that Beatles show on Disney+, and I'm not ready to sit down and watch three two-and-a-half-hour segments of the Beatles sitting in a warehouse talking. We'll definitely talk about that later, because I do intend <laughs> to watch at least some of it. It's pretty daunting, though. They've already... I saw on Thanksgiving Day that they i think thanks yeah thanksgiving day they released the first part and saw it was two and a half hours long and i knew that this was originally supposed to be one movie and then they said it was going to be in parts and i was thinking you know 30 minute episodes or something so when i saw part one was two and a half hours long i almost fell out of my chair and then part two came out yesterday and it's two hours and 50 minutes or something and then part three came out today which is the final part but it's over two hours long as well so this is literally about eight hours of Beatles. is uh, is ringo star still alive no okay no i think only paul mccartney is still alive right yes okay so is this like old footage or what so it yeah, is. it's, it's like all a, unseen footage. It's it's like a they're they're recording a live concert and it's two weeks before the performance and they brought in a bunch of cameras and a bunch of mics and stuff and recorded the whole thing. Interesting. So this particular documentary is directed by Peter Jackson, 
and him and his crew went through and went searched all that footage and all of that and brought it all together to make one kind of more consumable type of product instead of two weeks of the camera running <laughs> nonstop. Yeah. So so he's kind of pieced it together in a smart way. And I believe there's some live reenactors also that patch some things together, but I haven't gotten to one of those parts yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's two hours. It's an interesting, interesting format. It's just two, three and a half hour. Or, well, that's that's because of Peter Jackson. That's what Peter yeah. Jackson did. That's, that's the most daunting thing. It's kind of boring, but if you love the Beatles, I bet you'll really like it. Yeah, I've heard some some of the critics and such that I follow, are, some of them are saying this thing's amazing. So maybe you just have to really dig into it, or you just have to be a really big Beatles fan. So I'll uh, I'll definitely check it out, and we'll, uh, we'll check back in about that. Uh, so yeah, hit us with the I, hashtag I am the Eggman on... Uh... Hmm on twitter when you get a chance if you're listening uh but that's all that's all i had well that's that's it then. that's this it for this week yeah episode 21 gosh 21 mm-hmm. wow. uh, fresh out the podcast how about that 21 yeah. we're our podcast is of if you go by numbered episodes it's of legal drinking age is that a thing I suppose no. so, but no, yeah. also. No, it's not. But this has been episode 21 of Fresh Out the Podcast. Thank you for listening. Where can everybody find you guys? Hey, I'm Jahananan. I'm at RockFact on Twitter, and you can follow us at Fresh Out the Box. Uh, also on Twitter, Fresh underscore Out the Box. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Jahananan uh, if you want to watch our TTRPG and board game content. And also uh, our YouTube, uh, you can look at Fresh Out the Box for YouTube as well. Casualty CDG, and you can find me at Casualty CDG. Soon, Johan and I will be looking at new games to play. Probably superhero-type games we'll be going through and comparing superhero tabletop role-playing games in sort of a, a battle royale, if you will, to decide who will take our spot soon on the channel. So if you're interested in that, tune in on Thursdays upcoming and and see what rules compare to other systems. I know it could be boring for some people, but we love we love going through tabletop books and comparing rules and systems and settings. So if that's if that's up your alley, catch us Thursdays on Fresh Out the Box. I'm Drew Munhausen, and you can find me at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. And make sure to follow Fresh Out the Box on Twitter. And otherwise, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Cuckoo, ka